Hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And I'm delighted that you have set aside an hour to be with me so we can talk about the stories you live by, the stories you are writing, the stories that have you all spinning in your head, and maybe some of the stories you have mastered and they're just pouring right out of your heart. We're going to talk about all of that. And I have a theme for you today, which is all about the gold that I think is inside perfectionism. Because, you know, people like to give perfectionism kind of a, a, a dirty glance. They treat it like it's a dirty word, but it's not. It often leads us to some of our best work. So we're going to be looking at that side of perfectionism today. I will be taking your calls. I'm taking your emails. I'm taking your Facebook messenger posts, anything at all. If you're on Facebook, just head on over to my page, which is Debbie Handrich. It's D-E-B-B-Y. And Handrich is just like it sounds, H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. Debbie Handrich, just go right there and click on your Facebook Messenger. And if anything comes up while we're talking today, just type in a question. I've got my windows open. I often say it's. it feels like I'm a pilot here with different screens and mics and things in front of me, but... I try to manage it all so we can get to your questions. Uh, Facebook Messenger is a great way. Also, you can try email, which is askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And you always know you're welcome to call in and talk to my good friend Eric, who is standing by and ready for your call. And this is Eric's voice that you will hear when you call in today. Hello, Eric. How you doing? <laughs> hey, good afternoon, Debbie. I'm doing well. And yes, I would love to uh, take a call and uh, have them talk to you on the show today. So if you got a question for Coach Debbie, give us a call at 425 373 Five five two seven, or toll free eight 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 two nine eight KKNW. That's eight 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 two nine eight five five six nine, and our lines are open. Oh, thank you so much, Eric. Eric is one of the greatest people to work with. You know, I I know a lot of you are getting a break right now from working maybe with people you don't love to work with. But I'm getting a break from working with someone I do love to work with. (laughs) We're not together in the studio right now. He's in the studio and I'm at home. I'm actually at my honey pie's home using his really nice equipment so (laughs) we can have this talk. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Eric, for for maneuvering all the buttons and all the gears and all the switches and making sure it all sounds good. Well, it's always a pleasure, Debbie, and uh, I love working with you as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, everyone, that's the voice you're going to hear when you call in. You'll know you have the right number, and we would love to hear from you today. We're talking about this idea that there is gold 
in your perfectionism. And uh, I want you to really think about the idea that perfectionist tendencies can lead you to being even more excellent and even more intentional. At least this has been my experience. And I have taken a lot of criticism over the years for being a bit of a perfectionist from time to time. But if I didn't think it served me, I'd give it up. I think it really does serve me. And I think it can serve you as well. And we're going to look at many ways in which it does. I would say that today's show is pertinent, of course, if you're a writer and also if you're a speaker, definitely if you're a teacher, also if you're a student, if you're anyone that is curious and likes to create, there are moments where you feel yourself falling into a perfectionist role and you might not know how to deal with it. So today we are going to deal with it. If you hear some rumbling in the background, that is two of the cutest kitties in the world having a great old time. We'll try to keep that noise down for you. But I do want to say again, thank you so much for joining me. If you're listening live or if you are one who catches the replays, we even offer a replay here on KKNW on Friday mornings. At 6 a.m. Pacific time for you good riders who are up early in the morning and some of you who go outside and ensure the world while the rest of us are just opening our eyes. Um, it's also playing then at 9 o'clock Eastern time. I mean, it's the same show, but 9 o'clock Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific time. And that's on Friday mornings. And then you can always catch the podcast version on Podcast One. That's all one word. Uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, and the other popular ones. Just go ahead, subscribe, download, and you can listen to it anytime you like. And so let's move on to our topic today. And again, if you feel inspired, just send a Facebook message or an email or maybe give me a call and we will take your questions. Looks like no questions yet. So I'm really anxious. I want you to call or talk to me. Okay. I came up with this topic because... I feel like I'm one of those people who's pretty darn particular. I've been called a perfectionist before, and there's been times in my life where I've just felt like that was sort of a, a dirty word, you know, not a very nice thing to say to me, thank you. But then I decided, you know, since people think I have perfectionist qualities, maybe there's something good about it, because... People do say very nice things about me. So maybe they're actually saying something nice when they say I'm a perfectionist and I'm hearing it wrong. You know, could that be you? Do you relate in any way to this? I know especially for us writers, we can be very particular because we want our content to be very good. We want to feel confident before we send it in the world. 
we want to go over it with a fine-tooth comb, make sure we remove any spelling or grammatical errors, that we were thoughtful about the, the people, places, and things we spoke of. You know, we're, we tend to be very careful people. Sometimes when someone has said to me, that's your perfectionism coming through, Debbie, I've said, no, I'm just careful. But I'm not all that comfortable being defensive about my perfectionism. So I want to share something with you that happened one day. I was with my dear friend, Annette. And Annette and I do this thing. We make business retreats. We, we create a day where we're going to spend half the day, if not the whole day, really working and collaborating on our business together. We make a nice lunch together. And sometimes we even celebrate the end of the day with a glass of wine. It's just our way of really digging into our business together and showing up for each other so she can share her ideas with me and I can share my ideas with her. We really get a lot done. So one day we were having this day together, what I like to call the Annette and Debbie retreat time. And she shared with me, you know, a lot of people, Debbie, have said I'm a perfectionist. And I said, you too? (laughs) I was really excited to hear it. I had felt alone for quite a while. And and, um, I could tell she didn't really like it either. But, you know, I never would have associated that word with Annette. Wouldn't have crossed my mind. In fact, the word I would associate with Annette is excellence. She is an image consultant. And so you might think, wow, that's interesting. So a writer and an image consultant. But the truth is, no matter what business you're doing, you really are writing your story As you own your business, you're going deeper and deeper into your story. You're getting to know yourself better and better. It's one of the reasons I love to help people with their brands. And so Annette and I were working on that, and she was saying that sometimes people have referred to her as a perfectionist. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. You are a super particular woman. And I would say that has helped you become excellent. And I really mean this about her. As an image consultant, anytime you look at her, and I really mean anytime, whether she is, quote, at work or whether she's even out on the golf course or whether she's attending someone's wedding or whether she is popping into her favorite corner coffee shop, whatever she is up to, as soon as you look at Annette, you see a woman who is very put together. True, she's very style conscious, but everything goes together with her. She is coordinated and she is, uh, she kind of shines in her stylish message. I would say she radiates. 
But I wouldn't say she's a perfectionist. I would say she is excellent at what she does. She's excellent at bringing neutral colors with prints, with using accent accessories, with really even dressing up what you're going to wear on the golf course and keeping it simple what you might wear to a wedding, but also adding just a little bit of excellence to it by being very elegant with jewelry and things like that. You would never ever catch Annette having a bad hair day or not having a purse or a coat that matches. I would never think of that as a perfectionist quality. And I think it's because in our culture, we tend to think of perfectionism as a dirty word. But since it comes up in Myers-Briggs and others' tests like that, I think we should consider the idea that perfectionism, at least the way it shows up in my friend Annette, always looks excellent. It's always clear to me that she has taken the time to think things through before she shows up. She... She is someone who cares about quality. So I bring up this story to kind of bring you back to what matters to you. When you're writing your story just by living your life, maybe you're out on the golf course too. Maybe you are getting ready for a family wedding. Maybe you're like me and you're writing a a book. I've just started my own Many of you know I do 90-day book writing courses, and I've enlisted myself as someone who's going through it right now. So I do. I entertain the idea that I want this to be of high quality. I'm not just going to write something, get it done, throw it out there, and hope for the best. That's not my way. But because it's not my way, sometimes people have said that that's a very perfectionist way of being. Do you feel that's true for you? When you work hard at something, do you feel you're being a perfectionist? Or are you more like Annette and I, where you're committed to excellence, where quality matters to you, where you want to spend time putting something together and making sure it not only looks good, but that the message speaks to your heart as well as your mind. It's very easy for us to just live in the practical, but what is it like when you also bring in that vulnerable heart? Can you keep the quality and the excellence of whatever you want to express going? If you work hard on it, people might say, well, You're just being a perfectionist. If you give yourself another six months to work on it, people might say, well, there you go, getting caught up in being perfect again. If you let yourself have another friend look over your writing, people might say, ah, there she is, being perfect. I really think that people that are, oh, 
shall we say, uncomfortable with our perfectionism, they might be better at, at managing quantity and we might be better at managing the quality. We might be the people that hang around with just a few because we're a little more particular and we really care deeply about the outcome. We don't want whatever can happen. We want the best possible result. And some people will go even so far to call it control and, and uh, a freakish amount of control. But I say the difference is the control freak is not happy with what they're doing. They're really in a place of unease. But you can be sort of, sort of aligned with a, a perfect quality and not, not be too controlling, not be overdriven, but just really be committed to the excellence of what you know you can achieve. And I would say that, that's the beginning to seeing the gold, the real gold in perfectionism. So I hope that gives you something to chew on. We're going to go to our first break here. And I invite you, if you've come up with a question or just anything you want to talk about, now's the time to send that in. We're going to be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. When a small town gets a hold of a great story, they may honor it, or they may turn it into gossip. One expert life coach shares her tale and her strength from her new book, Small Town Divorce. We hope you're enjoying Coach Debbie's conversation with first-time author Denise Anderson. Get your Kindle or paperback copy of Small Town Divorce on Amazon.com. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. You are listening to Story You Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Coach Debbie. I'm delighted you are spending this hour with me while we talk about the gold that is in your perfectionism. I want to just take one minute here to let you know that I offer 30-day and 90-day programs for writers 30 days more if you're looking to upgrade your brand and your blog, and 90 days if you are writing that first draft of your book. It's true, I used to work a lot in publishing. I did that for 11 years. 
And I have also been a college professor, but now in the entrepreneurial world, I work with first, second, and third time authors who are bringing their book into the world. And I work with you in that early stage. Usually people I work with have had a book on their mind for a while. And so we take 90 days, about a three-month period of time, to get your first draft out. And I help you create systems that you can lean into and use if you go on and write other books or if you're just putting all your energy into this one. Because there are many, many, many people in the world that have written one great book. And are they all perfectionists? No. Of course not. <laughs> but I hope that they, like I do, use perfectionism to get to the gold of what they're up to. I don't know how many of you may have heard about uh, James Clear. He wrote a great book, speaking of books, called Atomic Habits. And here's one of his quotes. I really like this. He says, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Ooh. I'm going to read that again. I want you to take this in. Perfectionists really know about this. James Clear says, You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. In other words... It's a great idea to set goals. It's a great idea even to set those New Year's resolutions and think about where you're going to soar to and fly to and all of that great stuff. I mean, bottom line is you never know when, when the next opportunity is around the corner, but you also never know when a pandemic is around the corner, right? So you might have great goals, and that's wonderful. But what James Clear is saying is we all fall to the level of our systems. So what is it you have in place that holds you up and holds you strong and keeps you accountable? That's, that's what's going to fuel you. And I find that the people who have been told or in any way, especially the positive ways, identify with perfectionism are the people that value systems. We know that we have to have a very strong foundation. So, for example, I offer, like I was saying, a 90-day program to write your first draft. Because if you ask me, a really good system for getting a book out of your head and onto paper is to limit the amount of time in which you're going to be writing. Now, some people say, oh, 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 I can't imagine taking less than two years to do this. Well, that's not a bad idea. But if you start with a little less time than you're comfortable with, and you set up habits that, that really are aligned with your personality, you will find that 
you can work with the system. You can fall into the system and create a quality first draft. Now, getting to that, that first draft being done is not a clean, slick process. It's a messy process. But what makes it a high-quality finish is that you came to understand along the way that, for example, you don't need to write eight hours a day. Some of my writers invest no more than 30 minutes a morning, but they invest 30 minutes a morning. That's their system. It works with their personality type. I would say it brings them into their excellence. Some people would say it makes them a perfectionist. You can call it what you want. Another system I think we have to have in place is that our environment really, really, really matters. And you have to know yourself to figure out what sort of environment allows you to write freely. And sometimes it's not even just where you write. Sometimes it has a lot to do with what you do before you sit down to write. I've shared this many times, but... It is fascinating to me, and it's just part of my personality and my, call it my perfectionism. Anytime my hands are really occupied, and I mean in the, the dirt and the worms of the garden, or in the, the shampoo and the water um, of the shower, or they're, they're um, fixing something, uh, what I find is that's when some of my best ideas for writing come to me. My hands are working. They're not working on my story, but there's something very freed up energetically about me. You know, in the garden, trying to get those tomato plants in by the right time because I, I want to bear the fruit of them come September and I'm in there with the, the dirt and the worms and the gloves. And my dear friend Laura is with me because she doesn't mind dirt under her fingernails as much as I do. <laughs> you know, we're, we're in there and we're really going for it. And what I find is that environment gets my mind ready. It, it sort of frees me up. And after I've been in the garden... After I've been in the sink washing up dishes, after I've shampooed my hair, after my hands have been busy, they're ready to write. And I've really, really come to understand this about myself. So one of the things I do when I feel blocked, when that, that person inside of me says, I really, really, really want to get this blog post right I step away from my writing and I go do one of those things. Sometimes I cook. There's nothing like kneading dough. Oh my goodness. There's nothing like kneading dough for me to generate those ideas that I just couldn't seem to do when I was at my desk. But then 
I go back to my desk after having those busy hands in the dough and my thoughts come freely. There is a certain amount of gold in knowing that about myself. It's a system I have. It's a system I lean into. And I really encourage the clients and students I work with to get to know your systems, get to know your habits, because you're not a perfectionist for needing them, for needing a high-quality experience or a high-quality environment for you to write in. I know another thing about me is I love to write in good lighting. I, I know that um, many of you are aware I live by the water, and I have a very small space that I live in there, but I love it. It gets good light. That's one of those things that is so important to me, and it inspires me to keep writing. I also spend some of my time in an environment that's a little too dark for my liking, and it's harder for me to write. It's much harder for me to write. I find that I have to do those things like cook or garden or wash to really, really get my juices flowing. And you have those things about you. You have those systems that you lean into because they help you bring about quality. Quality is often associated with perfectionism, but I don't think there's anything, anything negative about quality. I don't think there's anything negative about excellence. Why not shoot for the high bar, right? We have a question coming in from Megan. Uh, I'm always so excited to hear from writers, but really, I love to hear from any of you that are being creative and curious with your life stories. So feel free at any time to send an a email at askcoachdebbie at gmail.com or to go to Facebook. And go to Debbie Handrich and just type in a question in Messenger or below one of my comments. So Megan has a very long note that some of this is quite personal, Megan. So I'm, I'm just going to go after bits of this that I think our listeners can relate to just as much. So you tell us that, that the coronavirus lockdown has been quite difficult on you because you have two children. And I want to jump to this part here where you say, of course, none of us were prepared for this. So I don't want to whine and moan that I felt caught off guard by the pandemic. Yet I don't feel I'm dealing with it very well. I am in the second year of working on a big writing project. And at this point, I don't really know where to turn. I have been told, too, that I am a perfectionist. And in dropping down to the end of your letter here, Megan, you said, isn't it true, though, that maybe I'm just into self-improvement and that's why I take my time with things? Can you give me some input? I love this notion of self-improvement. I, 
I used to be one of those people, Megan, and I, I bet more, more people than just you and I are going to relate to this, but I used to be one of those people that I didn't like the term self-help. I liked the idea of self-improvement. Do you hear my perfectionism coming through? <laughs> this is me in words, right? Don't, don't tell me that I'm doing self-help. I'm doing self-improvement, you know. I'm working to improve thyself. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. The funny thing about it is that some people, Megan, are going to think that because we like improvement, because we have a certain standard, we're, we're not going to stop until we reach the peak. I mean, if you think about a mountain, a mountain has its, its highest point. We call it the peak. And if a person is not really present on their journey up that mountain, if they're just toiling and crying the whole way up that steep incline, um, you got to wonder if they're really going to have a full experience once they get to that peak, right? I I think of I think of people that have trained so they can go mountain climbing and they're very serious about their gear and they're going to be there. They're, some of them are even flown in and dropped off at a base camp. I mean, this is very big stuff. And they're not going to they're not going to settle for this idea that what they're up to is just a way to self-care or to uh, self-help. They might not even give in to the idea that they're into self-improvement. They're going to tell you they want to reach the top. And I think that is the epitome of perfectionism, wanting to be great at something not quitting on the way up. But Megan, when we're really into improving, I think it says that we're willing to take a hard look at what's going on and what's been in the way. If you're if you're in your second year of a writing project, you're you're certainly not late, you know. I mean, there may be someone standing over you with a particular deadline, but Going into a second year working on a writing project, there's there's no shame in that. Not at all. Especially if it's a writing assignment. And it, it sounds like for your work, it is. On the other hand, I think what has served me so well is to not just work on my self-improvement, or in other words, bettering my writing skills as I go, but to also incorporate the notion that I want to accept myself as I go. I want to accept what, what Holly Holden has taught me to call the mess. You know, the journey is often the mess. We are birthing first a messy, messy baby. And we, we don't necessarily um, embrace that time. Because it's hard. And, and when we're told that we're into perfectionism as opposed to what you said, 
really trying to improve, it can hurt. And it can even taint the experience we're trying to have. So, Megan, what I want to encourage you to do is really embrace the fact that, yes, your children, they're running rampant in the house and they they need your attention. You don't have the privilege right now to be in your own office at work, like you mentioned. But what I want you to embrace is a sense of accepting yourself as you are improving yourself. Let them, let them stand hand in hand. Let yourself see that you need this second year to finish the writing project, whatever that project is for your boss. It's important that you take this second year. Really validate yourself that you are a woman who cares about quality. And when it feels like your children are pulling you away from that quality, why don't you think about where your skills are with your kids? Because all that's going to do is enrich you. Do you have a skill in storytelling with them? Let it enrich you. Let it do what you said you wanted and build your self-improvement. I hope that serves you, Megan. And I hope if any of the rest of you have a question, you'll be sending it in. It is time for our next break, but stay tuned. We're going to come right back after this. When a small town gets a hold of a great story, they may honor it or they may turn it into gossip. One expert life coach shares her tale and her strength from her new book, Small Town Divorce. We hope you're enjoying Coach Debbie's conversation with first-time author Denise Anderson. Get your Kindle or paperback copy of Small Town Divorce on Amazon.com. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world, their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association and the Washington State Secondary Athletic Administrators Association. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio, my friends. We are talking today about the gold that is in your perfectionism. Or maybe you're not a perfectionist. Maybe you just hang out with them and you're thinking they're a pain in the you-know-what. Well, maybe there's some gold for you to start seeing in them. I've once had to have not just once, many times, had to have conversations with my writing students and clients who have felt guilty 
about their perfectionism and let them know that sometimes what they're up to is really working out the quality of their story. Sometimes they're actually trying to be very effective. I wouldn't say they're being perfect. I'd say they're being effective. For other people, I'd say they are like a net, honoring their excellence. I would say some people, they're really shining in their brilliance. Other people, just like Megan wrote in right before the break, they're looking for that opportunity for improvement. We just have this short, short question from Drew. So nice to hear from you, Drew. It's been a little while. Uh, who says, do you think perfectionists care about consistency? Because regardless of whatever I am creating, I always care about being consistent. Does that mean I'm a perfectionist? <laughs> well, it, it, it's unsure to me whether you are a perfectionist or not, but I can tell you this. There is gold in honoring your consistency. If you are someone that is is in the system of being consistent with your work. I can't remember off the top of my head now, Drew, the type of work you do. But if you are that person who cares about consistency, what you're finding is that keeps your quality level quite high, doesn't it? Well, some people are going to say that that's being a perfectionist, but you know, you know, it's because you care about being consistent. That's part of your performance, your high performance. So who cares what they say? Who cares what they think? It's hard not to care. I understand. But to some degree, we have to release what we care about. I know I'm going to go back to my friend Annette today, and she wrote in and she was asking me to look at something she's doing for her brand. And she said, should I use the word define or refine? Define or refine? I mean, notice they're only one letter off. But the truth is, <laughs> there's a difference. There's a difference between defining something and refining something. By being as careful as Annette is, she's getting down to exactly what she wants to say. And that, my friend, could be confused as perfectionism, but I think it's excellence. If she is a perfectionist, I think this is the gold in her perfectionism. She doesn't want to settle. She wants the right word. She wants the best word to describe what she's doing. Here's a quote that I find interesting. This comes from someone that I, I follow. I love her writing, Annie Lamont. She, I offer this quote because it's kind of showing the negative side of perfectionism. But there's also... There's also a very positive side I want us to dig into. She says perfectionism is the main obstacle 
between you and a, we're going to have to bleep, we're going to have to bleep out this word. Perfectionism is the main obstacle between you and a bleep first draft. Yeah. Uh, between you and a bad first draft. Between you and a um, terrible first draft. Between you and a messy first draft. Between you and a la-la-la-la first draft. Right? Perfectionism does get in the way there. really does. It keeps people from really investing those early days of getting their ideas from their mind out on paper. I work with these people all the time. Annie Lamont is right. Perfectionism can get in the way. And it, it, it can be the number one thing that is souring someone from finishing a first draft. Really, in, in my business and in my brand, so much of what I do is focusing now on helping people go from that first word to the last word of their draft, that number one first draft. I used to work with editing more. I don't so much now. I used to work with publishers more. I don't so much now. I can refer I, I love to do things like that, but where my real heart is, is in the spiritual practice of taking that story that's been on your mind, that story that just follows you around and saying, oh, I'm committed. I'm going to, I'm going to let this story out and making sure you get a first draft finished. I think what's so hard for people is what Annie Lamont says is they get caught up in it being so good the first time around, they never get the last chapter finished. So imagine this. Imagine if you sit down you, yourself or with a coach or in a program or in a class and you commit to a let's say you commit to a nine chapter book. If you are in my program, that, that means if you work at an even pace, and I'll, I'll tell you, most of us don't, but if you worked at an even pace, nine chapters, 90 days, you're looking at 10 days per chapter. And so you got to figure out how many minutes in a day you're going to give because... Come day 11, you're going to be working into your next chapter, right? And you want to find the pacing of that. What's hard is that people go back and they reread and they rewrite and they rethink and they redo and they scratch out. And I'll tell you, one of the most challenging things for me as a coach is to hold someone's feet to the fire for that original idea they were talking about. Sometimes, I mean, I, I have to work hard at this in seeing, has someone really stumbled on the true book they want to write now? now? Now that they're halfway through their draft, have they come to identify, oh, what I've been writing isn't what I really want. Now I've discovered 
because I'm writing what I really want. And I want to start over. See, that's that's what a lot of perfectionists do. They start over. Oh, and that's what Annie Lamont is talking about. That's a real obstacle to getting to the end of your first draft. It's really big. So my job gets gets really, really cumbersome when a person writes and rewrites and writes and rewrites and writes and rewrites and just won't move on to chapter two or chapter three. And we get to the end of 90 days and that's what they've got to show is two or three chapters. That's, that's not the gold side of perfectionism. That's, that's not quality showing its face. That's, um, that's really, really, really getting caught up in overdoing because you can write a high quality first draft by just staying with your ideas. Just kind of skipping forward when you are ready to revise and to edit that first draft, you're going to have a better sense of what to do if you're willing, and I really mean willing, to complete a first draft. Brene Brown also says something about perfectionism that, again, it's not in the gold area, but it can lead you to the gold if you hang out with it. She says perfectionism is often the path to depression, anxiety, addiction, and life paralysis. And I couldn't, I just, I couldn't agree with her more. It is. Perfectionism can be a path to that addictive, more anxious, and what results in a more depressed side of us. But I really, really want to pluck the gold out of this. When, when she says perfection is often the path, she is talking about that journey, that, that uphill mountainous journey we were discussing where you're going to have to look up and experience where you are, your environment, the beauty around you. You don't want to just hang out with the fact that you're panting <laughs> if you're on the side of a mountain, right? You want to also notice that to your left is one of the most beautiful lakes you've ever seen. If you're writing, it might be one of the most beautiful sentences you've ever crafted. Because even those come out in your first draft. And that's the gold. That's the gold of being on a path and knowing that there's a certain perfectionism in you. You have a commitment to quality and to excellence and to being a great writer. But you also know that if this path of perfectionism is too narrow, is too steep, and is something that you keep, you know, you keep going backwards and trying to walk it better or write it better. Instead of just sticking with it and finding your flow, you will find your way into depression and overcompensating. 
But what I want to encourage you to do is stick with the path of finding a good word. Stick with the idea that you are really serving yourself by claiming claiming a certain amount of time, a certain system, a certain quality control, a certain effectiveness. You're really claiming that because that wonderful book you're writing, the wonderful story you're living in matters to you. People might call it being a perfectionist, but you know there is gold in your system and the way you do things. I want to remind you of this quote again from James Clear from Atomic Habits. He says, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. If you're someone that feels like sometimes you're a little too perfect at the way you approach things, you could be right. So take a look at it. What are you doing? Are you exercising a commitment to your systems? Are you exercising a commitment to the quality? Or are you just getting overly spun about each and every word? Are you getting a little fed up with the idea that if you continue forward, you might not be a best-selling author in the next year and that that goal outweighs the fact that you're writing and you're submitting a first draft, one that will have time to go over, to be edited, to be scrutinized as you wish. But don't, don't break from that really high-quality performance you're going after of moving from point A to point B to point C, etc., etc. Let yourself get to that finish line with quality in mind. And I promise you, that is the goal in your perfectionist journey. All, all journeys that have perfectionism in them have some gold. They really do. If you want to talk about this more, you can always reach out to me at askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. I'll bring you more topics like this next week. And until then, namaste, my friends. <laughs>